0: Well, what's good, all my good, grand, fantastic, wonderful people in the universe? It is almost officially fall, but to be very specific, it is September 2nd. We have made it to September 2nd. We are very close to, well, this is the beginning of the fourth quarter of 2022. And I don't know about y'all's 2022 But I feel like it's gone by super freaking fast. Like, I know they say that when you get older, like years seem to fly by just at the blink of an eye. Yeah, it feels that way. Uh, For today's lovely episode, I wanted to touch on something that has been a big proponent of who I am. For a very long time. Um, But the best way to start this is with a poem. So put a pin there. Because that's how we're going to start. So my very first poetry book that I published... And, you know, I have to look at the actual beginning of the book to remember the date. And I don't think I put the date in here then. Yeah, because I used to publish these books so differently that uh, I don't remember where this one was first published. But um, it was uh, like a collection of stories and tales and lessons, and which is what a majority of my stuff is, unless they have uh, certain... Jesus, I'm in here dropping things, unless they have certain themes. Um, however, to get us ready for what this particular episode is going to be about, I felt like it would be uh, best to read this particular poem called Just Black. Maybe. So, uh, that's what we're going to do. Back when I was 11, a man told me he liked the tone of my skin. The mix of browns with his browns seemed like the nice idea. I've hated it since then. And I didn't know it would find its way to a lifetime dissertation on neglect. Find yourself breaking mirrors because there isn't enough bleach in this bottle to make things change. The funny thing about interracial dating is that sometimes it's a double-edged sword. Sometimes I'm too black for your family to accept. Sometimes I'm not black enough to prove from your own race that you ever left. And I never tried to be a shade. It was what I was born with. But if I talk, think, look, act a certain way, you'll call me out my name. Dependent upon the level of rage. I'm that black bitch when I get the spot you wanted. That colored girl when you don't know why I'm the one you thought you wanted. That black bitch when I show up to the party and they all like me. That colored girl when you realize I can enunciate and demonstrate eloquently. And there's still not enough bleach in this bottle to change any of this. So when he told me that he should have never, or that he should have just dated a white girl, I said, okay, I guess you're right. But I never thought I was acting anything white. And exactly why my particular version of black just wasn't quite right. We haven't spoken since that night. Cause the black can only fade to black when she finds herself under attack for a color that she been most of her life trying to retract. Funny how it all comes around. Sue me for not wanting to deal with the curtain trend of child amongst black men. I really just don't want to be your mother. Don't want to be your video vixen and not trying to be a justification for why you don't date us. You made up your mind before I came to the table. Stop using me as a scapegoat. You say you aren't able to handle. It's really that simple. If... You want to push responsibility. That's the thing about maturation deficiency. Sitting across from me with your hat on back with your little bow tie. Asking me how many white boys I'm going to fuck until I realize I'm living a lie. And there's still not enough bleach in this bottle to change any of this. That black bitch that turned you off from the crowd is more than likely your mother. But if you need it to be me, then I guess it's me right now. I barely know you, but I've caused this much damage somehow. That's the funny thing about non-dating. Screaming in the streets that I'm basic and you hope that the next white dude rapes me, that maybe I'll find my way back to black men where I belong, but to none of my issues did I ever tag a skin tone. So which one of us is really on the defense? And you stare at me across the table, wearing your Yankee hat, some faded t-shirt you've worn 10,000 times and you can't understand why they stare at us and I know you say it's because they don't expect me to be with you I assure you it's because they don't expect you to be with me that's the funny thing about interracial dating when does it become more interpretation less of the perception and maybe I needed to stain this instead of skin to get to under, and realize I'm truly now okay with it I can't cure the world I can't make the side of all of it change I can heal myself be the little black girl that the party craves. I can take this full bottle and pour it down the drain. I can look at you across this table and ask you to call me just black. Maybe. Little black girl. Hey, little black girl. I grew up in a family that, um, always were focused on two things when it came to your appearance, your skin tone and your weight. And it made me have significant, uh, body dysmorphia issues and then also self-love issues for the longest, longest, longest time. Um... If I were being completely 100% honest with you, I would tell you that I've hated myself for longer than I've loved myself. And that's the truth. I. My my mother is like a. Ah, I would say like a. Deep chocolate skin tone. I wouldn't even see yeah, him. That's about right. Mm-hmm. And my dad has always been this like. Caramel complexion. What the f- so, when you, uh, <laughs> mix this Negro with this Creole, then I come out, like, closer to, I think, my dad's skin tone, uh... Oh in the winter and closer to my mother's skin tone uh, in the summer Uh, and I used to struggle with that uh, only because um, uh, even though there were varying skin tones in my mother's family Uh, Sometimes I felt like I was made to feel... Well, I had already felt like I was made to feel othered. And like I didn't belong just because my background was different. Just because I grew up overseas mostly. And um, I was not privy to racism so blatantly uh, in my formative years. Moving from Germany to Louisiana... Small town, southwest Louisiana, to be specific. Racism was thrown heavily in my face and it was very confusing to me. The culture shock of moving from Europe to the States was that people are not going to like you just from your fucking skin tone. And I was not used to that being an experience, so I had to learn to be hated for existing. And as a child, that was very hard to digest. And my way of digesting it became regurgitating that um, unnecessary, unwarranted hatred that was coming to me from outside spaces, internalizing that and giving it to myself. That's literally what happened. Like... All the times that I didn't like myself really genuinely came from feeling like I needed to believe the Kool-Aid that was being given to me by people who didn't even know me and people who were not even interested in knowing me. It's just, you know, people are taught racism. No matter what, you know, some folks like to say, whatever they want to call it. You're taught to hate somebody else. And that's what I felt like was going on on a daily basis around me. And I did not realize that uh, for a long time I was also giving it to myself. I, um, something as simple as, with me being on the heavier side as a child um, I carry all my weight up top, and so certain parts of my body on the upper side would be darker than other points. So, like case in point, like certain parts of my, or my arms would be darker, and um, and my neck would always be darker. And now later in life, I realized that those are like signs of pre-diabetes and things like that. But my neck would just be black. Um, and uh, I remember I would get teeth all the time about my neck being black, like consistently, teased by my own family, on top of being teased at school about things like that. And uh, (laughs) I never felt comfortable in my skin. Like I hated my skin tone. I hated like, the tonalities and my complexion, and I, like, cause and like to the point that I always often wonder why I wasn't as light as my father, or lighter, or lighter even. And I remember talking to my mother and having these conversations about a paper bag test and how if you weren't lighter than a paper bag test, then well, that's not you know, you're not acceptable. This shit that gets taught to children, and come to find out. I had a and my mom would be the one who would say some of these things sometimes about like that was something that was passed down to her this paper bag test cause like if you don't know about the paper bag test please look it up but I mean it's kind of self explanatory look at a paper bag if you are not that complexion or lighter than that complexion you're essentially garbage ugh so, um, me and my mom was having a conversation one day and she told me about, like, when her and my dad first got together, his mother, who was, um, uh, probably about the same complexion as my mother, uh, would say all the time that my mom wasn't good enough for her son because she wasn't as light as he was or lighter. Fast forward, it's funny that he gets married to a white woman and then she buries him in a fucking wooden box, but (sighs) that's not what we're here to talk about today. So yeah, man, I used to just hate my skin tone and... I hated all the stuff that comes with being black. I would constantly date guys who were, (laughs) who would pass this paper bag test um, that also had a lot of internalized self-hatred. Definitely, definitely, definitely narcissists um, and absolutely did not know what it meant to be with someone that looked like me because they didn't know how to sit with themselves and what all of that meant. So I was constantly having to prove my worth to people that I was with. Um, One of my longtime boyfriends that I have for forever and I've never asked him and I never will because we don't speak anymore. Um, We were together for three years and some change. Two years and some change of that. He never would claim me, never. And, I mean, I know that Sicilians are racist by nature and history. And um, I have learned that certain Asian cultures are racist by nature and history. And those two things combined together, as much as he was a minority, he was not the minority. And so... I left that relationship feeling like I couldn't be claimed because I wasn't good enough because I was black. And I took that and I internalized that for a very, very, very long time. I'm trying to remember where the shift happened. Because there was a shift at one point, and I'm trying to pinpoint when it was, because I don't remember entirely. Uh, The entire time that I was in high school, I had these self-image issues, and I did have them uh in the military but not as much when I went into the military like it's so many of us from so many different walks of life and background that you just intersperse and you just mesh with people that you otherwise wouldn't talk to and you really don't see color like that and I'm not saying that I don't recognize color I'm just saying that it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't the topic of discussion every time you enter a room like it is when I'm out here in Austin like yeah it's a thing and we know that it's prevalent but it's not it's not something that needs to be discussed it's not something that needs to be harped on consistently all the time so like at some point mm, I got it so some point in this timeline, we moved to California, specifically to the Bay Area. And I want to say that's about eight, nine years ago for me now. And um, (laughs) I moved to Oakland and I never thought I was going to like Oakland as much as I did. But, um, It was something about a sense of community out there and it was something about seeing people be settled and mighty and powerful in their blackness that like seeped into the pores of my skin and made me look at myself differently when it came to particular viewpoints and particular things that I had been focusing on for a while and um, so yeah man I (laughs) I started to slowly change and peel back some layers and then um, leaving California I went through a couple of work experiences uh, where me being a woman and me being a black woman was a very important thing and constantly uh, landing in these all-white spaces where people felt the need to try to put me in my place because of what I look like and what I was capable of doing and I found myself taking it in in a way where I wasn't internalizing it as much as I thought I was, at least. And I wasn't taking it out on myself, but I just didn't feel good about all of this heavier emotion that they were giving to me. And then I had a huge incident Where I left a job because my face was black and blue. My my tooth had been chipped. My lip had been busted. Because I was in charge and I was black. And that was the first time that I had to sit with myself for months. Like just sit with myself. And all the self-hatred and all the anger and all the frustration and all the confusion and all the isolation and just not understand why this world would hate me so much just for fucking being here and uh, it took a lot of therapy and it took a lot of self soothing and it took a lot of reflection and it took a lot of pinpointing things and tearing them apart and learning some self-awareness to understand where a lot of it was coming from a lot of how I was feeling was coming from what it was attached to and how I had let this thing this beast this thing this being take control of me and become a whole thing of its own because I was taking all the shit that they were projecting onto me that were not truths and tagging it onto the self-hatred that I had been burying underneath me for so long and I had to deal with my shit and so I did I slowly slowly started dealing with all of those things and seeing myself for something beyond my skin tone but also um, being very very mindful of the fact that I'm super proud of and have the skin tone that I have. One that people will go into stores and pay for. They pay for my skin tone. They pay for my features on my face. They pay for the features on my body and it's never going to be the same. They appropriate the things that I can do that happen culturally speaking because of who we are and where we came from and what's just kind of in our bloodline and part of heritage and legacy and history. They keep trying to buy shit. Just like they used to buy us. And you but you can't buy it. Never will be able to. It's never gonna be able to be bottled or recreated. None of us can be. And I had to learn that there's a some there's a special kind of power in being able to hold yourself. And know that. And I know that we're still in a society that's trying to erase parts of history. And I know that we're still in a society that is still trying to pit different shades of black people against each other. I get that. But, um... I choose to not drink the Kool-Aid. Because I'm not a child anymore. And I can make that decision to not take this in and spew it back out like I used to at this point now that shit is poison to me and I let it form and shape contort and destroy certain parts of my inner being for way too long and when I was able to seep in there and pull that parasite out things started to change things started to change. So that's why some days for me being in the exact location that I am, It gets very disheartening every time I see a black man that's walking around with a white person, white woman specifically, or not even just a white woman, just somebody that's like ethnically nowhere close to their being. And you know, love who you love. I'm not mad at who you love. Do what you do. I get it. I think what bothers me is like, it's the ones that are with some of these women who are the same women in the back of their breath that turn around and say they hate black women when it's like the man you're with came from a black woman so how does that work in your psyche because one of the things that has always been so difficult for me to understand is that this country loves to build its livelihood and its lifeblood off of the backs of black women but then in the same tone have this undeniable hatred for us and I don't- understand where that comes from or what they get out of that it's it's getting it's gotten to the point now that um black women are becoming caricatures of themselves because there are other <laughs> cultures out here that are purchasing and buying and reshaping and restructuring what it looks like to be a black woman on skin that is nowhere close to being the same and now, it's like, who are we? Who are we? Um, I'm going to leave you with uh, one of my favorite quotes. And I'm pretty sure uh, a lot of you have heard it before. Um, but I wanted to definitely uh, read a bigger accent uh, of it. So, um, like. Said all these things to say this to little Dimitri. I am sorry that I let you get caught up in the bullshit for so long and sit there and have to deal with the nonsense for so long and not love yourself because other people are telling you that you shouldn't love yourself, and it's all projection. That whole adage about hurt people, hurt people is very, very true. But like, (laughs) it's... mm. We also hurt ourselves by not um, giving ourselves the space that we need to learn, to grow, to... (laughs) be the one to do better we have to do better for ourselves because this country is not going to do it for you the most disrespected person in America is the black woman the most unprotected person in America is the black woman like the most neglected person in America is the black woman who taught you to hate yourself. Because if you were like me, the world around you taught you to hate yourself, but I kept myself there longer than I needed to. Now it's time to let that shit go. Till the next time, my friends, take care of each other, take care of yourselves, <sighs> wash your hands, I guess, since apparently everyone's getting monkeypox or like flamingo shingles or like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's getting ridiculous out here.